Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonix therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. With two drunk brothers and a, brothers and a podcast, it's been a hot minute. Our last episode dropped. It's been on, about a month. On the 23rd. Yeah. One, two, three. It'll be, yeah, about, about a month by the time this episode comes out. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday, June 19th. And it was a hectic ass month. Travis is closing on a house hopefully soon, um, July 2nd. Um, I got married and yeah, lots of cool shit's happening in our lives, but we the are back were in the playoffs. What's up? I said in the blues, we're in the Stanley cup. It's just been a busy month. It's, it's been a very busy month. Um, but you know, that's kind of what we've been up to. Life was hectic, but it's starting to slow down now, especially for me, uh, especially for Travis once his, once we close on his house, um, kind of everything, will, everything will kind of be back to normal. Um, and I actually made an editorial calendar for the rest of the summer leading up till NFL season kickoff, we literally have a topic every single week, which is super exciting, um, and it's going to be awesome. So um, we're going to be getting you guys prepped for NFL football and college football because, I mean, baseball, yeah, it's it's around. Hockey's happening. UFC's going on. I mean, not hockey. Um, baseball's happening. Um, golf, fucking UFC's going on. But, you know, on a week-to-week basis, week in and week out, we can't talk about a lot of shit. So we're going to start talking, talking about football today. We'll dive more into that here in a second. We wanted to briefly touch on what I thought was cool. The Stanley Cup and NBA Finals, both two cities, never won a championship in their respective in that respective sport. They both brought it home, both brought down a quote-unquote dynasty per se. The Raptors more so than the Blues, but still no one wanted to see Boston win a championship. Um, it was just very, very cool to see you know two new champions in, in, in those sports. Yeah, we got to see our Blues win a Stanley Cup that we've never seen. We've never even seen them make it there. Haven't been there since 72. Yeah, so it's been a while. It was awesome to see. We went to the parade. We we did everything there was to do, so it was cool. We're glad to be back. I had to kind of man everything as best as I could on the socials, putting out lines for all the Stanley Cup finals, NBA finals games while Jarrett was gone. Um, and I feel like I did a good job, so we're glad to be back and and ready for football season. 
Yep, that indeed. I mean, it's gearing up. Um, it's pretty crazy. We're only 67 days away from college football kickoff and 79 days away from NFL actual season, not preseason, actual season. Um, so, I mean, it's closer than you think. I mean, college football, we're just over two months away, which is insane to think about. Yeah, and since Jarrett was gone um, out of the country for the last two weeks and I had been putting out all the – Gambling lines myself, here are the records um, year to date. Jarrett still remains since he, since the last podcast at 43-36-1. I'll take he's it. above 500, and I am at 96-87-5. So we're both above 500. We're at 139, 123-6. I'm still looking for a crazy-ass bet to bring home a lot of cash like that. Guy, those guys that bet on the Blues back in January. Have you been following that on social media today? Like they're, I I saw it right before we got on here. So he he bet four hundred to win a hundred and like two thousand um, dollars. He got a twenty four hundred dollar check. No, a ninety eight thousand dollar check and twenty four hundred dollars in cash. Why was it split up like that? Because I guess he wanted to have spending cash because he's in Vegas. Ah. Yeah. Well, that's sick. I don't know if we'll have anything that crazy for you guys without completely Maybe. whiffing. We'll see. I don't know. I but, might. I'm the, these futures are we talking about in the NFL. I might. I might place some money down on some of them. Yeah, but I would imagine the odds aren't too crazy on that. Probably not. But with that being said, um, again, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors and City of Toronto and Drake for finally breaking the Drake curse. Also, like the Drake curse is no more. Yeah, it is. I don't know. But I still think it is. Toronto, I think Kawhi is staying, too. I don't think he's going anywhere. The Drake curse still stands because he has a Steph Curry and KD tattoo on his bicep. Truth, truth. So either way, it still stands. Truth. <laughs> but, um, no, congratulations to Toronto and congratulations to the city of St. Louis. Well-deserving. Stan Kroenke can eat a fat fucking pile of shit. Um, yeah. Not a sports city, my ass. If you were at that parade on Saturday, you know. But with that being said, we're going to roll into – we're bringing it back. Drum roll. The first and ten segment. So play the clip. First and ten from the 45-yard line. All right. So we, it is our first first and ten of the 2019-2020 football season. So that is very exciting. We're bringing it back. It's been a while since we had this segment. Again, like I said earlier, 67 days until college football football kicks off and 79 until the NFL season, not preseason, kicks off. So it's going to come up a lot faster than what y'all think. So you're like, why the hell are you guys talking about, fo- talking about football so early? One, nothing else is going on right now. And two, we want to fit a lot of content in for you about football leading up. And since, we, since we only do one of these a week, since we have lives, we're going to break down every single NFL division, division by division, an episode for each division, along with some other stuff sprinkled in there as well, um, every single week leading up to the season. We're going to do fantasy football stuff, a college, a college football preview show, all that. So I had to sit down and figure it out. So this week we are starting it off. We're going to take a look, a deep dive into the AFC East. Um, so we're going to take a look first we're going to go team by team, and then at the end, after we talk about every single team in the AFC East, which our Dolphins are a part of, um, we will talk about you know kind of division winners, not go too in-depth, because like I said, we're still going to do a full-blown NFL preview episode before the season. So we are going to start off with the defending Super Bowl champions, 
the New England Patriots. Obviously, they're in the AFC East. Um, and their draft was insane. Like, typical New England style. They actually had a total of 10 picks. Yeah. Um, it was one of my favorite drafts. Uh, yeah. Of the, I'd say they had one of the top five drafts of the. That's what I was gonna say. They they did great. Like Keneal Harry was their first round pick, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. I thought Damien Harris in the third round was a phenomenal pick. Um, were there some other ones in there you that, that you like, Travis? Um, Chase Vinovich, the DN from Michigan. Um, I really liked him a lot. Um, and then obviously they got they got a fourth round quarterback in Jarrett Stidham. Not sure if that'll ever pan out. But you know, maybe some some grooming like they did with Tom Brady uh, in the future. Because exactly, exactly. So, I mean, just I love the style that Bill Belichick drafts him because he his, his style, and it pains me to say that because I hate the guy, but he has the kind of approaches. The more draft picks you have, the better off you. The easier it is to find a, like a diamond in the rough. You know, the more rookies you draft, there's there's a better chance that one of them is going to turn into a star. Yeah. For sure. And, I mean, they did a good job of filling in, you know, who left. Um, they yeah, had some a lot, big players. A lot, of, a lot of departures, a lot more than what, than what I thought. Yeah. Uh, some of the big names that left were Chris Hogan, uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Malcolm Brown, their defensive tackle, Eric Rowe, um, Cordero Patterson, Trey Flowers, uh, Josh Gordon, and then their defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. Um, so they had a lot of a lot of key departures, but they also did a good job of filling those in. Um, you know, they got Michael Bennett, Jamie Collins, Dontrell Inman from the Chargers, uh, Demarius Thomas. Um, yeah, so I mean, they did a decent job of filling in some. Yeah, pretty much every position that they lost, they they filled it pr- pretty 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 well. I mean, out of all the teams we're going to talk about today, they did they had the most departures, but I also had the most signs like key signings as well. I thought Austin Safarian Jenkins was a big one. Um, I actually will talk about him later um, when we talk about the Patriots. Brandon Bolden going back to New England is, is a big one for them, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did a good job. So that kind of leads us – we're going to talk about a few things about each team. We'll talk about their offseason, you know, did they get better or worse. And then we'll pick a sleeper, a breakout, a bust, and an MVP of each team and talk about their Vegas over-under. And that's kind of the, the um, you know – script will go with for all these teams and all of our NFL and all of our division previews leading up to that. So with that being said, Travis, what are your thoughts? We kind of already talked about, you know, they pretty much replaced yeah. it when they lost, but did the Patriots get better, worse, kind of remain even keel? What are your thoughts there? Um, I think, I mean, they definitely didn't get worse. If they didn't get better, they def- they stayed the same, but I feel like they got, you know, maybe a slight influx of talent. Um, like I said, they were one of my favorite drafts this year. Um, they lost a few key pieces, and you know they're Gronk, they're Rob Gronkowski. Um, but really, I mean, that's kind of the main piece that's not fillable. Um, I guess in regards of talent wise, other than their defensive coordinator who went to Miami, who they'll be playing against twice a year now. Thank you. Um, they'll ultimately be better. They added two dominant uh, pieces on defense, um, and. Michael Bennett and Jamie Collins. Yep. I think they'll be, they'll be great well, Jamie there. Jamie Collins started his career out in New England. Yeah, so, I mean, with them getting rid of their defensive coordinator, um, it's definitely going to help having those two strong pieces come in and join. Um, you know, they got Demarius Thomas. We'll talk, I'll talk about him a little bit later. And they addressed the absence of Gronk being gone with a couple of role-playing tight ends in Benjamin Watson and uh, ASJ. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, I'll talk about ASJ a little bit later. I, I think the same thing. Like that, they, did they get worse? Absolutely not. Like the Patriots, like they, and I'll I'll talk about more about their their organization and their culture, kind of here in a minute. But I mean, they found ways to replace the players that they wanted to. I mean, they just know how to get the most out of their players, and they plug them in and put them in the right place. And I think that that they 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 go out and they sign guys that other people don't want to sign. With uh, literally, they they go out and sign guys. They're like, okay, you're gonna do this, and this is exactly what you're gonna do, and this is how it's how it's gonna play. Um, so I, I don't think they got worse. Like like Travis said, I think they maybe got a got a little bit edge better because I think the players they signed definitely kind of outweigh the players they lost. Um, so with that kind of being said, we're gonna go through. We have four. We're gonna pick four guys from each team: a sleeper, a breakout, a bust, and an MVP. So who is your sleeper? on the New England Patriots. Yeah, so when I think sleeper, I usually think of in terms of, like, fantasy football and, like, who that, like, mainly like a, uh, I guess, a threat on offense. But for a lot of these, you'll kind of find that I more of went with, like, somebody who you don't really think is going to be good, but, you know, is going to be a good role player on their team. And for this one, I went with uh, Chase Vinovich, the – Defensive end, defensive lineman, outside linebacker, edge rush rookie. type guy. Rookie. Rookie from Michigan. He was their third-round pick. Um, and you won't really notice him unless you watch a handful of Patriots games. I liked him in the draft, and, of course, he went to the Patriots. Um, but I watching him at Michigan, I felt like he was wherever the ball was. He followed it. He was quick. He was a guy that could make good open field tackles. Um, and he's starting off this year as a third-string defensive end. But I think he can wiggle his way up past uh, the Keonta Davis guy. Yeah, that's that's team. also preseason like or, yeah. or, or pre-camp um, depth chart. Like that's obviously going to change probably. Yeah. So I think he can definitely make his way up to second string, make some decent impact on that on that backup line, um, and kind of just be a guy to fill the void who, when their defense needs a needs a big play, uh, he'll kind of step up and make it. I really like him, and I think he'll do a good job this year. So that's my sleeper pick for them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I got a couple rookies sprinkled throughout my, my picks for each team. My sleeper, and I told you I talk about him is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, I mean, this guy's got loads of talent. Couldn't stay out of trouble. Um, when he was in Jacksonville, correct? Yeah. He was in Jacksonville. Couldn't stay out of trouble. Um, apparently got on the right track, went to, I think it was, I can't remember who uh, the jets. He went to the jets and I mean, obviously playing tight in the jets, you're not going to do shit. Um, but I think if there's a team, if there's an, if there's an organization out there that can keep a player out of trouble, um, it's the Patriots. They do a great job at it, you know, minus Josh Gordon. I don't think no one can save <laughs> that kid. Um, but you know, and really you look at Austin's, Austin's Farring Jenkins, he has kind of the same build stature as Gronk. I think he can kind of eventually make his way to that point. I mean, the, the Patriots have shown that they're able to kind of produce tight ends, Gronk, um, and Hernandez, um, gone forever. Um, so, you know, I mean, like just people like that, I think ASJ can be a sleeper on this team. If he, if he has the work ethic again, you know, the Patriots mantras, do your job. If he comes there and do that, he will be a great player for that organization. And I think he'll be a sleeper that not a lot of people are expecting. I mean, that's why they signed three other tight ends or two other tight ends because they don't know, but if he can come in and do that, then I think, I think he'll be a, 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 a great fit there. If he can stay healthy, because um, that's been the, his real big thing. In 2016, 
Um, he missed the season finale of his game. He got hurt in 2017. And he missed like 10 weeks last year. So if he can stay healthy, I think that that's a, that's a good one, especially because Tom Brady loves his tight ends. Exactly, exactly. So with that being said, Travis is sleeper. Um, Chase Vinovich, mine is Austin Safarian Jenkins. For the New England Patriots, we're going to move on to breakout player. Um, and do you want to? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go and go for who's yeah. your breakout player. So, like, breakout means diff something different to everybody. So, I'll let you define what you think what you think breakout means, and I'll kind of define what I think breakout means before we kind of roll on with this whole episode. Yeah. So, a lot of my, um, I guess, breakout would be. I mean, something that kind of just impresses everybody a season that they didn't. Not necessarily they didn't think they would have because that's what sleeper is, but maybe something that you can see coming and they just have a really good season. Um, and not yeah, so I'm just gonna kind of roll with it, and you can kind of think of it what you will. But my breakout player is Sony Michelle. Probably doesn't come to much of a surprise. Jared is shaking his head. I don't know if he had the same one. I don't. I don't. But I like that one a lot. We we saw what he could do last season while he was sharing touches with James uh, James White getting a lot of the passing downs and not getting a lot of the goal line carries because those were going to Rex Burkhead, but I feel like he's going to get more action. He's poised for a great year, AKA going to have a breakout season. Um, Like I said, he was shadowed by white and in the red zone by Burkhead. I think he's in my top 10 running backs of fantasy easily. Um, And if he hasn't already broken out, I think this qualifies for my breakout player. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So my breakout's kind of similar, but I think, when I think of breakout, I think of somebody who's gonna like, like kind of like Travis said, like you, you know, they're a good player. Last year they did, they they didn't do like they maybe like put up some some good numbers, but this year they're gonna put up great numbers. But I also can think can think of breakout means like I have a I have a you know for this for this guy he's a mid round draft pick, and he's gonna come out and ha- and have a big coming out party. And mine's Damian Harris, the running back out of Alabama for the Patriots. I think Sony Michelle and Damian Harris are gonna be a deadly one two punch. I think the days of they still do they still have James White and and Rex Burkhead. Yes. So I think Damian Harris is going to kind of fill that void um, of James White and Rex Burkhead. First of all, James White can't stay healthy. Neither can Rex Burkhead. Um, yeah. So once they have Sonny Michelle. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And Damien Harris ain't healthy. I mean, they use a slew of running backs. So what that means for me as a rookie coming in, I know that when I'm on the field, I have minimal touches to show my worth. And when Damien Harris is out there, he has that – he did the same thing in Alabama. Like he was like the second running back, second fiddle there uh, pretty much. 
And I think that the lower reps equals less pressure to shine. Um, he knows every time he touches the ball, he's got to do something big. And especially in those third down scenarios, I think he's going to show out. Um, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. And I think the Patriots are going to be loaded at running back, loaded at talent on offense. And he's just going to kind of help, help out with that entire, that entire kind of recipe. I like the thought process. And I like, like the, I guess, your idea of what you put into it, but I don't like the pick, and I'll, I'll tell you why a little bit later. Okay, okay. So. I'm assuming he's going to be your bust, which we're going to lead into next. No, not, not this, like a little bit like later, later. I'll let you know why I don't like that pick. Okay, all right. Well, so we've got sleepers and, and breakout players. Now we're going to go to a bust. Obviously, bust is somebody who's probably a big name that you th- expect a lot of, what you think is going to fall flat. Who is your bust on the New England Patriots for the 2019 season? I am fairly confident we have the same one here, Um, but maybe not. My bust is Demarius Thomas. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, This is a bold statement considering that every wide – this is the only reason I'm skeptical is that every wide receiver that goes to New England, I feel like, succeeds. Um, They get him. They do good there. But Demarius Thomas – He's coming he's a deep off. Guy. He's a deep ball guy. And Tom Brady's over on the wrong side of 40. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he kind of reminds me of a little bit like Brandon Cooks, but a little bigger. Uh, he's coming off a season where he was traded and tore his Achilles. And yeah, Achilles yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the, thing, the thing with Brandon Cooks is when Brandon Cooks was in New England, he was, he was in his 20s. Demarius yeah. Thomas is on the he's wrong He's 31 years old. Yeah. He's yeah. 31, coming off an Achilles injury, which is very, very tough to come back from, especially at that age, and be the player you once were. Um, so I, and I don't even think he'll be available to begin the season. I just smell bad things coming from him. Like I said, he's 31 and he, he might get a few touchdowns and touches here and there, but he's definitely not going to be the player he wants ever was in Denver. Yep. I, I mean, I, I had the same thing. I, I, he's, he's a deep ball guy. Um, Tom Brady's on the wrong side of 40. His arms, not what it used to be. We saw those lame ducks he was throwing in the Super Bowl. Um, and Demaryius Thomas is like I said, is on the wrong side of 30 coming off an injury. I just don't see this partnership faring well. Um, I didn't really look up and see what the contract was, uh, like I did with some other of my of my sleep of, of my bus players. But this is a new free agent signing for them. I just feel like it's not going to work out. So um, we'll keep that short and simple. So our bust is Demarius Thomas for the page. So kind of a way too early fantasy thing, but stay away from him. So then, lastly, we're going to lead on to our MVP of the team. I'm pretty sure we're probably the same person, maybe. Um, yeah, um, I'll go ahead into it. I mean, as long as he's there, it's going to be Tom Brady. That's exactly what I had. I said, I mean, until someone else proves us wrong, it's always going to be Brady, a, a MVP of the team, point blank period. Yeah, I mean, it's just he leads his team. They're going to continue this, their success with him. And I don't know what it is. Like, he could he could have 180 yards and a touchdown and two picks, but he still somehow manages to win the game himself. I think it's more for Brady, and as much as it pains me to say this, it's his, like, attitude and leadership. I that's feel what like I'm that, saying. That's yeah. what I have in here too. Like he will lead this team as long as he's there. Yep. Yep. And haunt the AFC East for as long as he plays. Yep. So I mean, whether he's over forty or not, the kid will always the guy will always be the MVP of the team. So our last two the same. We'll keep those fairly short. We're gonna move into our last topic about the Patriots. We'll come back and talk about them later. I'm assuming because, like I said, we're gonna go team by team. At the very end, we'll kind of talk about the entire division. Um, but the over under in Vegas on the Patriots win total is 11. Now 11 is a lot, but what do you think? Are you going over or under here for the Patriots, Travis? I'm hitting the over on this one. Um, if it doesn't hit, they'll have 10. But I feel like a 10 and six season for them isn't isn't great. 
Not in this division. Not in this division. I'm picturing a 12, 13 win season for them. Um, and I mean, even at the, I say worst case scenario, they win 11 games. Yeah. And then it's a push. Yeah. They're tied for 27th with the easiest schedule in the NFL with only the Redskins having an easier schedule. Yeah. And they're not going to be any good. We'll talk about the Redskins later, way later on a couple, about a month or so down the road. So I'm taking the over. I, I mean, 11 wins is a lot, but here's my big thing for them. I looked at the AFC East as a whole. I think they're going to get five wins in the division alone. I'd say I'm, I don't see them losing a game. They'll lose a road game either. They always Miami is always a tough place for them to play. Um, sometimes going into um, Buffalo is a tough place to play. I see them losing a road game or so, or maybe even, maybe even two. But I, I, I foresee them winning five, getting five wins in their division alone. So you look at that outside of the division, that means they don't have to win six more games. And this team is great. Bill Belichick's great. Tom Brady's great. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that says, you know, their, their dynasty's coming to an end. Eventually it will, but I don't see it happening this season. Like, I think it's very, very it's, – it's much more soon than what we all think. But I'm going to go with the over here as well. 11's a lot, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the over on the Patriots win total. Yep, so we both did, and that's a wrap for the Patriots. That is a wrap for the Patriots. We're going to move on to the Jets. Now, obviously, the Jets are had made some big, big moves in the offseason. Um, their draft was minus. I mean, it was okay. I wasn't a big fan of their draft. I liked. I liked. Quinn, I liked the Quinn and Williams pick. They stole him. He shouldn't have been there. Their yeah, their first two picks I like Quinn and Williams. Uh, they have the Jakai Poli edge rusher from Florida. Other than that, I think it's very subpar draft they only had six picks total yeah i mean it's not a patriots draft where we have 10 to choose from and they lost a lot of talent i mean you obviously they lost both their pretty much key running backs for as long as i can remember isaiah Crowell and by by powell they lost rashard matthews they lost jermaine curse Darren Lee got traded to Kansas City, the linebacker, Morris Claiborne. They lost their their kicker, and obviously Todd Bowles, their head coach, was fired. Um, so they, they lost a lot of a, a lot of pieces on that team as well. In addition to and not not only that, they let their GM draft the players and then fired him. And now Adam Gase is acting GM. And the yeah, head coach. so I'm I'm gonna kind of go into what my thoughts before we we kind of cover too much of this little thing. Thoughts on the offseason acquisitions and draft. I'm not a huge fan of the draft, like I said, outside Quinn Williams. I think Jakai Polite will be a good addition to their D line. They lost a lot of players, but they gained a lot as well. They are rebuilding, and I think they did a decent job of kind of getting some some big players in that sense but but um, that's the thing is signing big name players good in a rebuild we saw it in miami no i don't great and like i said they fired the gm that brought in Le'Veon bell who adam gase reportedly didn't care for the decision to go out and get him and spend the money on him because you can spend that towards so much better things when you're rebuilding a team um well, they are we all going to trust adam gase's decision making no, but I feel like it's kind of necessary whenever he's running the offense. Um, they improved on some key positions, but, I mean, I think they ultimately stayed the same. And like you said earlier, they got rid of their kicker and got a worse kicker. Yeah. They got a, wor- they got a head coach that is not better than Todd Bowles. Um, I would 
Jarrett's giving me the fucking the taco Adam Gase look at his press <laughs> conference. Um, I just think that they started the rebuild with the wrong pieces. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't like their offseason at all. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't think they got better. I think they might have stayed the same. That's yeah, that's what I have. Um, I mean, anytime you acquire Le'Veon Bell, you'd like to think that you got better. Um, but Le'Veon Bell is not going to be playing behind the offensive line that he was playing behind in Pittsburgh. I mean, look, let's let's face facts there. Adam Gase, I've seen it. The kid, the guy is a, probably a great offensive coordinator, but when he has to run an entire organization, now he's being the GM as well. And when you're running an entire organization like that, he, I I don't think he's up for the pressure of it. Like you could, like he visibly aged just the three years he was in Miami. So I can't even imagine what he's going to do in New York. That media, the media is going to eat him alive up there. Um, I I don't like the Adam Gase hire. Like, why would you hire someone who just got fired from another from a, a team in your fucking division? Um, I, I like the addition of Le'Veon Bell. I like the addition of C.J. Mosley. I think that was that, that was a good one. Um, I, I don't even mind signing Jameson Crowder. But when you're trying to do a rebuild, you don't want to bring in these these big name players who are you know costing you a shitload of money. I mean, we saw he, he Gase literally tried to do the same thing in Miami and it didn't work out. Um, so with that being said, we don't think they got better. We don't think they got worse. They kind of remained even keel. We're going to roll right into the sleeper, breakout, bus, and MVP. So, you know, kind of who, like, if you have one, who is your sleeper on the Jets? My sleeper on the Jets, um, I'm going with Chris Herndon, a tight end. Um, okay. I think that Sam Darnold was starting to develop a relationship with him last year uh, in the sense of having a tight end like available to him, um, you know, middle to late last year. I think he does a little bit better than he does last year. He was only 22 years old. Um, he had 500 yards and four touchdowns, which isn't horrible as a 22-year-old tight end. Um, so I think he's going to kind of develop a better relationship with him this year. And as they kind of gained a little bit more weapons uh, on the offensive side as far as receivers go, he'll be focused on a little bit less. Um, it should have a decent player or a decent year for him. I like that. I like that. I went offense as well, and I kind of did something different here. I did a, a duo. I did Jameson Crowder and Robbie Anderson at wide receiver as a duo. Okay. Um, I mean, think about the last – when's the last time the Jets had, you know, even a decent duo or a decent receiving courts? I, I, I can't tell you. Um, I honestly can't. It was probably very, very little when it happened. But both Anderson and, and Crowder are deep threats. They are good route runners. And opposing defenses can't focus on one. I feel like every time, like kind of like you said, when you went to the Jets, like you know, like hey, we have to eliminate Robbie Anderson here. Like it, it, we take Robbie Anderson out of the game, we're probably Gucci at receiver. Now you have Jameson Crowder to worry about, who's had a couple of lackluster years, but I feel like you know, a, scen- a scenery change can do a lot for a player. Um, so if Darnold can limit his turnovers, which is going to be a big issue for him because he does he does it a lot. Um, and learn to throw on the run. So if, if Darnold can get, we all can see Darnold is, is for a big guy can scramble pretty well. And if he can get out of the pocket and kind of create buy some time and allow these guys kind of like run, you know, past the routes and try to find open holes in, in his own defense or whatever. Um, I think they can create some havoc for some secondary. So my sleeper is kind of a duo of Jameson Crowder and Robbie Anderson for the Jets. I like that. Robbie Anderson didn't quite have the year that he wanted to have coming off his big year in 2017. Yep. 
but I think that he can do that. Like I said, get a little more weapons, take some distract or take some attention away from him, and it'll be good for sure. So with that being said, we're gonna roll in the breakout player. So who's your breakout player for the Jets? I don't think this should come to much surprise. It should be Quinn and Williams, uh, right? Okay. I mean, breaking out rookie year. I don't really know like what else he could do. He's number three pick in the draft. I think he's like a replica of Aaron Donald coming into the league. He had eight sure. sacks at Bama last year. Um, and he's a straight mammoth. He's expected to come in and just be thrown into the cockpit of that interior line. And I think he'll be, he'll do a good job. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a pretty good pick, you know, solid rookie kind of breaking out. I want a different direction. I am going to talk about Quinn Williams, um, but I, I, I want a different direction. My breakout player, it's probably going to surprise you. I'm probably going to surprise a lot of people for the Jets, is Ty Montgomery. Okay. So the Jets signed Ty Montgomery, um, and I think he could be – I think Ty Montgomery, you know, he was a converted wide receiver to, to, to running back. I think he can be one of the better third-down receiving backs in the league. You know, Green Bay tried to use him as like a, uh, as an RB1, and he was not that. Like, yeah, he's not a running back. Yeah. He's Ty James White. Yes. Yeah. Ty Montgomery is not an RB1. Like, you quit trying to hand him the rock 20 times a game because it ain't going to work. Um, now that he has zero pressure to be, like, the main guy like he was in Green Bay, I think he could benefit from just getting those reps, those third down receiving reps when Love Bell's tired, you know, when they have an extended drive. Let's throw Ty in here and throw him a little a little, a little uh, bloop screen out to the left or the right or, you know, let him kind of, you know, leak out, like pass block for a little bit, leak out, leak out of the line and, drop down when no one's down there and get some yardage and get in space and, and make those moves. Um, I think he'll be a good receiving threat threat for the jets out of the backfield when love bells, not back there. And like I said, just, just the pressure of not having to be the guy is going to be big for him. So I, I can see him being kind of a breakout player for the jets, you know, maybe a couple hundred, like four to 500, like three to 400 receiving yards, a handful of touchdowns. I feel like that would qualify as a breakout player for them. Yeah, I like that, and I'll tell you why I like that, because we're going to move on into my bust, which is Le'Veon Bell. Oh. And not to say – and before anybody – like, well, Yeah, I'll let you go ahead. anybody makes any like, harsh judgments based on my bust, I'm not saying that he's going to have a bad season. Just don't expect the Le'Veon Bell that we saw in Pittsburgh. No. Because Pittsburgh is a system running back, franchise right now like we caught we came in and you came in and you saw what's his nuts do good last year james connor yeah. um so gase doesn't really know how to use running backs as well hell no hell no. No. If we all saw what he did in miami you'll see that gase doesn't know what he's doing like i said earlier he didn't really like the sign um so it's kind of already like a negative relationship and Le'Veon bell has a poor work ethic which gase obviously will not stand for um, so I'm going mean, to go out on a limb. He shipped Jarvis Landry out of town for that shit. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's outside of the top five running backs this year in the league. Oh, yes. Going to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people still have him like top three. Um, I'm going to say he's maybe closer to the 10, 12 range. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's going to be a bust for what they paid for him. 100%. 100% agree. Um, and a bust is – it's a bust in terms of Le'Veon Bell numbers, not exactly. like – not like just an overall bust. I went a different direction. People are probably going to flame me for this because it's kind of it's not necessarily an obvious one, but I went Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, the kid didn't have a horrible rookie year last year, 
but sophomore slumps are notorious for rookie quarterbacks who are thrown to the fire like he was. Um, I just think he's very, very turnover prone. He's not smart with the football. He threw 15 picks last year and 17 touchdowns. Um, and I just don't think that he, that, that he has it. I, I don't think he does. I think he's another cupcake USC quarterback who's not going to pan out. Um, Carson Palmer-esque kind of. Uh, and I, I just I, – I don't see it in him. I think he's going to come out and even have a worse year than he did last year, even with better weapons. So all that shit I said earlier about Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder and all that and what Travis said about Chris Herndon, I think none of that fucking matters because I think Sam Darnold's going to screw it all up. Yeah. I mean, he's – I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. He's definitely the worst in this division. Uh, so. Eh. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, but he's definitely in the bottom in the bottom tier. Um, so that being said, we're going to move on to our MVP of the Jets. If you can pick one from a team like this, um, who is your MVP? Yeah, this is a little a little wild. My MVP of this team is Jamal Adams. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I like it. As a safety, um, he's 23 years old. He's the heart and soul of this defense, heart and soul of this team. He's a leader. But it's the truth. I mean, he's a lockdown defender. He's one of the top secondary players in the league at such a young age. He came in last year from LSU and just did a phenomenal job. Um, I think he's only going to get better. Um, So, I mean, really, the, the heart and soul of this defense starts with Jamal Adams. I like that pick. Everyone's going to fucking flame me for that, but I do like that. Jamal Adams can only get better. He had a couple plays last year. We kind of let it, let, let it some big plays, but yeah. as a rookie, that's going to happen. Um, mine's Quentin Williams. I mean, the kid is literally a generational talent, once in a generational talent, and I know it's ri- risky to pick a rookie as the MVP of a team, you know, especially a team that has Le'Veon Bell and all these guys on it. Um, but, you know, Williams literally has a chance – to change the game at any moment. I mean, he can stuff the run as a D tackle. He can rush the passer. Like Travis said, very Aaron, Aaron Donald-esque. And when you think about Aaron Donald, like you literally think about him like as the heart and soul of the team. Um, I think I, I honestly see Quinn Williams coming in to some big-time situations for the Jets and honestly maybe even winning a game, game or two. Like it comes down to like them making a stop or them sacking the quarterback on, a, on, like a, on like a third and eight or something like that on a, on a game-winning, potential game-winning drive. And I think that alone like makes him the MVP of the Jets. So I'm going to go with Quentin Williams, a rookie. I know it's risky, uh, but that's who my MVP of that, of that team is. So with that being said, we'll, we'll roll right into 
are over under for the Jets. It's at seven. So, Travis, what do you have? Um, this was tough for me. This is probably the toughest one to pick. Um, I actually, this one was not very tough for me. I think that I'm going to take the under here because I think they win about six games. I don't think there's no way in hell they win eight because considering they won four last year, like they did not get that much more talent um, on their team. I know they got Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, but I mean, their offensive line is still not so great. I think they can win a couple more games, six to seven. I almost said just to go for the push here, but you can't bet on the push. Um, so I'm just going to say take the under. Um, they have the 27th ranked strength of schedule. So it kind of get makes me a little weary to take the under, but I'm still going to go with it. See, I wanted to do a push as well, but you can't, like you said, you can't bet on a push. Like if I had, if, if there were like some great ass odds to bet on a push, I'd bet on you can push. probably bet on them to have seven wins. Yeah. Probably somewhere, somewhere. for crazy uh, odds. Yeah. That could so, be our crazy bet. If you can bet on them and have seven wins, bet on it. I mean, seriously, I, I might try to find that. But like what Travis said, um, since I can't bet on the push in this one, since we're doing over-under, I'm going to go with the under as well. There were there were like one or two games. I'm like, eh, I don't know where they're going to lean. I basically just like kind of went through every team's schedule. I'm like, just a gut reaction, like win-loss, win-loss, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I ended up on seven with them. So then I a couple of them were questionable, so I'll take the under. I can see it being five to six wins for them. I can see them winning seven games, though. I don't but, see them winning eight, though. No, no, no. Even if you bet the under and they hit seven, you get your fucking money back. Yeah. So, I mean, worst comes to worst, you get your money back, but I don't see them winning more than seven games. This team's got a long way to Memphis. Um, I mean, but then again, who knows? I mean, Adam Gase had a very, very miraculous – um, season his first year in Miami where they went 10 and six, went to the playoffs. Um, I, I just don't see that happening with this team though. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take the under on that one. Agreed. All right. So now that we finished the jets, we're going to roll right into our very own Miami dolphins. Um, and obviously everyone knows the rebuild is in full swing down in South Florida. We'll take a look. You mean, but really take a look at the draft, and I don't hate it. I mean, I think it's pretty decent. Oh, hate it. Awful. Terrible. I don't. I mean, I know Christian Wilkins at the time, the defensive lineman from Clemson, I wasn't a fan of. Um, but the more I look at it, you know, I guess that makes sense if you're in rebuild mode. They, they got Michael Dieter, an offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Um, Miles Gaskin with a late pick, I mean, could be a sleeper running back who the hell knows. Um, but I mean, their, their draft wasn't horrible. They at, at 13 though, Christian Wilkins at 13. I just I mean, some teams had him in their top 10 and there's no, they pick. could have went in so many different directions with this draft and they went down the path that I did not want. But saying that, that's not only why they had an awful offseason. They lost Cam Wake, Juwan James, Danny Amendola, Josh Sitton, and Frank Gore while picking up Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dwayne Allen, and Eric Rowe. But, I mean, they're embracing the rebuild. I mean, all those guys you just named that left were old and they cost too much money. Juwan James is only like 27. Or yeah, Juwan, Juwan James was a bad one. The rest of them, sayonara. I mean, Cam Wake is done soon and Danny Mendoza. I get it but a lot of their talented pieces that they had left they let go and brought in some average players again but yeah they're heavily rebuilding uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's better than Ryan Tannehill I will say that 
other than that, it's just it wasn't good. I think they got worse for sure. Well, obviously, obviously. I mean, they let valuable veterans walk because they cost too much money or they wanted some they wanted some younger talent in the door. So like you said, if you look on paper, they got worse, 100%. No doubt about it in my mind. But if you look in the future, I think they got better because they have the right guy now. I think Brian Flores, the big key, the big key acquisition. I don't know how you feel about him. We haven't really talked much about it, but I feel like he's the right guy, building the culture in, you know, kind of doing it right. He comes from the Patriot system. I don't know. I just feel like, yes, right now in, in, in the present, yeah, they're going to be fucking horrible. They got way yeah. worse. I like the Brian Flores pick, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in my uh, in my upcoming things. But I guess we'll roll right into our sleeper breakout bust and MVP, and I'll go with my sleeper. Um, it's kind of going to maybe come to a shock for you, uh, Devontae Parker. Wow. Yeah. This man has been absolutely awful for four years after being a first-round pick back in 2014? I think it was 2013. Maybe 2013, yeah, I think. Not 13, that'd be six years. Whatever, like 24, whatever. Either way, he's been in the league for four years. He's been absolutely awful every single year. Can't stay healthy. But I want to say that a large part of that was due to Ryan Tannehill not knowing how to be a good quarterback. So if he can stay healthy, I think he's set up for success with either of these quarterbacks, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, and I'll tell you why. Ryan Fitzpatrick um, kind of had a big target to rely on in Tampa Bay and Mike Evans, and that's what Devontae Parker is. So anytime he's in panic, he sees a big body, he'll throw it to him, and Devontae Parker gives him a chance. Um, and if Rosen comes in, his only target in Arizona was a big man, Larry Fitzgerald. So both these guys look for big bodies to throw to when in panic situations, yep. giving Devontae Parker more targets, more catches, more opportunities, which Ryan – Tannehill didn't give him. Yep. So I hope I'm not wrong, um, but I think that this could be the best year of his career. Yeah, I mean, I think really it's probably more so if Rosen comes in because, like, Devontae Parker, for a big guy, he's not a deep threat. He likes running those routes across the middle just like Fitzgerald does. Yep. And I think Rosen, I mean, I mean, when a quarterback's panicked, what do you, what do you look at? Middle of the field, help me, help me the fuck out. Um, so maybe they can they can kind of help each other out. Who the, who the hell knows? I don't know. Hope not. The, what? <laughs> Fuck Josh Rosen. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Josh Rosen on this podcast. Whatever. Um, my <laughs> my sleeper pick. I don't. I'm just going to say this right now. I don't hate the Josh Rosen thing. I'm going to let it play itself out because I know I've fully accepted the Dolphins rebuild. I know they're going to suck for two three years. We'll see. Come 2022. Who's um, your sleeper? My sleeper is Cordrea Tankersley. Whoa. Yeah. So Cordrea Tankersley was a third-round draft pick out of Clemson. Um, it was a rookie in 2017, for those of you who don't know. And he showed very, very he, – he showed, he showed a lot of promise. Um, he suffered a season-ending injury in the preseason of last year. Didn't play all of 2018. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do with a defensive-minded coach at the helm. Obviously, Brian Flores was the D.C. in New England. Um, I'm very excited to see how he's going to use Cordray Tankersley because I think whatever was happening whenever fucking Adam Gase and those morons were there, um, the guy who just got fired in Denver, can't remember his name, and fucking uh, Matt Burke, those goddamn idiots. Matt Burke, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Matt Burke, like a fucking Civil War general. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
I'm excited to see what he can do with them because now he's going to place a secondary right. Um, he has the opportunity to be the cornerback two next to Xavier Howard, who I think is one of the best corners in the league. Now Eric Rowe. Eric, Eric Rowe maybe, but they'll, 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 they'll battle for it. It'll be a battle. But I, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. But I think <laughs> Cordray Tankersley can kind of beat him out. And, but still, even if he's not even if he's not cornerback too, he'll still come in and get some reps. But, you know, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Cordray Tankersley, Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, I mean, playing all of our positions, you may be talking about that being the strongest piece of Miami Dolphins next to any – and really, you haven't been able to say that in years. Yeah, I like it. Cordray Tankersley right now sits at, like, cornerback five – Behind. I know he's better than Tory McTire, so that bumps him up into four. So he's competing with Bobby McCain for cornerback three. Um, you know, you, like you said, I think possibly... they're Bobby McCain back to the nickel, man. I don't, I don't think they're going to use him at corner. So I mean, yeah, he's he's right there. So I do like that pick. Yeah, uh, I like it a lot. He had, he, so that... he showed a hell a hell of a lot of potential. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, and that brings us to the breakout player, which I'm fairly certain we might have the same player. And I'm going with Charles Harris. Hell yeah, baby. M-I-Z. Unless something crazy happens, our boy from Mizzou finally gets his well-deserved starting spot on the left side of the defensive line at DN. Miami fans have hated on this man so much for the last two years because he never got a shot. He was always thrown in the mix. and shitty Suck one, Travis Wingfield. Shitty situations, shitty games. He never got a shot. He never got a good set of reps to show like what he does. Um, so he's set to start this year. I think a lot of offensive lines are going to hone in on Christian Wilkins in the interior and leave him to where he doesn't get a lot of attention, gets left on that left edge, and he does what he does. Hell yeah. I agree, man. I mean, young defensive end in his third year has dealt with some injuries, which, you know, it could be his fault, couldn't be whatever it is. But he's he's been behind, like, he's been behind some really talented players. Cam Wake, fucking um, Robert Quinn. Yeah, William, William Hayes. I mean, like, these are all, le- like, all probably Hall of Famers. N- maybe not William Hayes. But, like, and he's finally playing in a 3-4 defense. So, he can stand up on the outside, on the edge, and do what he does best. And what does he do best? Rush the fucking passer. And what I like, like Jared said earlier, the, blind, the Brian Flores hire, he has pumped Charles Harris up so much since he came here he's like yeah this dude's doing great and uh in camp and everything like that so i feel like he's gonna he's poised for a good year even whenever all those veteran good players were here they didn't do a good job so i feel like he can come in and and at least replace them eight sacks wow that's big big breakout yeah so we both have him we're going into the bust pick ladies and gentlemen well i wanted to pick josh rosen I couldn't because I don't know if he'll start. I don't know if he'll just get enough playing time to be the bus pick that I want him to be. So I'm going to go with an already named starter, and I know it might hurt Jarrett to say this. I'm going with Kenyon Drake. I can see it. The offensive line is horrible, so he's just not going to be able to get it done like most running backs. And while Jarrett said he liked Damian Harris earlier, this is why I'm going to say I don't like that pick. Bama running backs as of late have not panned out. I feel like he's going to be another one of those that, that just doesn't do good. When's the last time you saw Bam running back do really good in the NFL? It's been a while because they have great offensive linemen in college and they don't know how to play against a very well-matched defensive line in the NFL. 
So I think he's he's coming off a season where he got overshadowed and outplayed by an old man of Frank Gore. So he's going to get. He also got back. more carries. He also got more carries. I'm going to say that as well. Kenyon Drake? No, Frank Gore did. Oh yeah, I know he got over, but he but Frank Gore did better. He he just he averaged he averaged more yards. I'm not saying I hate your pick, but I hope you're wrong because I I, I literally have this in my notes. Hope I'm wrong. I see it coming. He's going to get thrown in the fire and probably not do great with this this year's team. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, if he doesn't, maybe throw Miles Gaskin could be more of a better fit with the offensive line. He's smaller, he's shiftier. Or Kalen Balaj, he's quick. Dude, Kalen Balaj is a fucking. He's man. a he's a shot out of a cannon out of the backfield. He he's was, he's Kalen the guy Balazs. that goes for seventy yard runs. Yeah, Kalen Balaj was almost my breakout player, but I went with um, I can't remember Charles okay. Harris. Charles Harrison said, um, "My bust is was Travis's sleeper, Devontae Parker." I just. Surprise, surprise. I mean, the kid, now here after hearing Travis' explanation, I, I, I kind of hate my pick. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just year after year, he's always hurt. He has zero work ethic, and that's my big thing with him. He has zero work ethic. Um, so, and kind of the same thing. You know, maybe that will change with a new regime. I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. But I think them giving him the option, his fifth-year option and paying him too much money was fucking asinine. Um, and I'm just hoping we're done with the the the, the Devontae Parker thing. At the, yeah. at the end of this year, I see him being a bust. Um, I was just looking at it, and it was hard to pick a sleeper from this team. Yeah, it was. It was. But there, there, I was going to automatically pick one from the wide receiving core, whether it was him or Kenny Stills, because you got to think back to when Ryan Fitzpatrick had Deshaun Jackson, quick, yep. long, deep ball player. Kenny Stills yep. is that guy. Yep. So that being said, we move on to move on to our MVP. We probably have the same person. Yeah, I mean it's really the best player on this team, Xavier Howard. X man, I three year corner has proved himself to be one of the best in the league. Um, he just earned a huge seventy five million dollar contract extension, well deserved. And he he's a centerpiece of this defense, centerpiece of this team. He's amazing. He had yep. seven picks last year. Yep, I'm calling for double digit ints this year. Jarrett with the hot takes tonight. He might be off the wagon. Yeah. No, I mean, the Dolphins are going to be bad, but I, I don't think their defense is going to be bad. I honestly don't. I think their no. offense is going to be atrocious. Their offensive line, is, and, and that's where the play kind of starts. I mean, they're going to average under 18 points a game on offense. Yeah. It, what's fucking new? Um, <laughs> I mean, their defense is going to be solid, but I think their offense is going to be atrocious, and that's where they're going to lose. Which leads us into our over-under on their wins. That's at five. This what one's tough for me it's because tough. five is a low number. We're standing in the middle of the pack, 18th ranked strength of schedule. I, Dude, I'm going to have to – The schedule's not hard at all. I it's look. not hard, but I am going to actually say under. Okay. This is why I'm going to go – and I've been doing this with every team because even if we win five games, you get your money back. I don't think we win six. See, I'm, I'm going to call you wrong there. I have us winning six. I looked at it. If we – It'll be a close. It'll be a close end of the year between four, five, and six. I'm feeling it. Yeah, like I, they, there's no way we've reached seven. If we hit that over, it's going to be with six games. Yeah, I wanted to say push though. I did. I was like, man, Vegas and Ve- this. This is where you look at it. Vegas is fucking damn good at their job. They are. Um, it's hard to take it here. I I would stay far away from this. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. 
so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I'll probably bet on it. I'll probably hit the over. I, I just think Flores is not totally like, – everyone's like, oh, he's going to tank. Get that. Flores, doesn't to me, doesn't seem like a guy who's going to buy into losing games on purpose. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we're going to tank. I'm just saying that I don't think the talent is there because we won seven games last year. Should have won six, luckily with the Miami. Miracle. The defense was atrocious last year. I think the defense is much better this year. That's my. But opinion. the offense is much worse. It is, but our offense wasn't any, any better last year. I mean, we won games. I I say six games at the most. We're not going to win seven. I want to say push, but I'm going to say I, I don't see us winning just four games. That's my thing all year. No, I I and I don't either. But I don't see us winning six. So I just had to take the under. I don't see us winning six. So I'll go on the opposite side of you and say under. Okay, cool. Well, there you have it. That's the Miami Dolphins, and they will probably be in the cellar this year. With that being said, we're going to move on to the Bills, uh, our last team in the AFC East before we talk about the AFC East as a whole. Um, the Bills, one of my favorite drafts. Fucking, they had this steal of the draft, if you ask me. Ed Oliver at nine, and Cody Ford in the second round, the tackle out of yep. Oklahoma. Devin Singletary out of FAU in three. I think they got a steal in the fifth round at Voshan Joseph, the linebacker out of Florida. I mean, they they just had a great draft. They crushed it. Very, very minimal departures as well. They lost Charles Clay, they lost Kyle Williams, and John Miller, the offensive guard. But the fucking pieces they picked up. <laughs> Mitch Morris out of Mizzou. I mean, they got Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, Spencer Long, Frank Gore, and EJ Gaines also out of Mizzou. So, I mean, they got some some decent pieces. I'm not going to say they got all-stars, but they got good, solid role-playing pieces. They beat uh, for who's a couple, couple who guys that, that Travis didn't mention, some names on the offensive line that, we, that I can't pronounce. Um, but, I mean, they beefed up the O-line. Ty Cheeky, Quentin Spain. Yeah. John Feliciano. To protect... And we, we all know depth in the in the NFL, depth in the offensive line is huge. I feel like they got that to protect Josh Allen. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, I mean, I think going in, like my thoughts on their offseason, their draft, and everything they got, I love their draft. I think they easily became a better team, and they made better moves regarding their needs than pretty much any other team did equally with the Patriots. Yep, yep, I agree. They 100% got better especially on paper. You just look at the departures and acquisitions. I mean, they focus that they focus on the O line to protect Josh Allen, which is incredibly smart on their end. Cause I think hot take alert, Josh Allen is not a really hot take, but he's easily the second best quarterback in the division. Um, For sure. They also had a key piece on the defense um, by draft and free agency. Like I said, Ed, like we both said, Ed, Ed Oliver is our steal of the draft. Um, and I think they are also probably easily the second best team in the division next to the Patriots. Yep. 
I 100% agree. So we're going to move into our sleeper breakout bust and MVP. And my sleeper going deep, deep, uh, even shows more than I love their offseason, David Sills the fifth. I honestly don't know how this man didn't get drafted. He's a wide receiver out of West Virginia. West Virginia. I was like, that, he, had that, he, he had 986 yards and 15 touchdowns last year. And I mean, I, I, it baffles me how he didn't get drafted. He's a big target that honestly the Bills don't have. I mean, you think they got Cole Bleasley, they picked up John Brown. They don't really have a big main target to go to. And I would love to see him come to light in Buffalo and be right here because I honestly love this pick and love this pickup for them. That's phenomenal because I also went wide receiver. I went John Brown as my sleeper because John Brown is a deep threat. And guess who's got a fucking hose? Josh Allen. This is, Josh third, this Allen. is John Brown's third team in third, three years, by the way. True, true. But, but, I mean, he did decent last year in Baltimore. Yeah, he did great. I mean, he's a deep threat, and Josh Allen's got a fucking hose. And especially when he scrambles outside of the pocket, Josh Allen may be one of the – is hands down the best scrambling quarterback in the division. Oh, um, get out of the pocket. If you can get out of the pocket and make – and John Brown can, like, make some defenders miss in space, I, I, I think he's going to be, be phenomenal on that offense. Especially I – didn't, I didn't really, really realize they had Sills. I mean, look at Cole Beasley. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's Cole Beasley, but they got some receiver talent around Josh Allen now. So who yeah. knows? So, and I mean, right now, Sills is the third string because they picked him up. But I mean, man, if this they could, they give this kid a shot, he you know what he can do. I mean, him and John Brown will be deadly, deadly. He had Will Greer on, as his quarterback. Like Josh Allen's just as good, um, better. So breakout breakout player. I am combining mine, so I'll go. For I like it. I like it. My breakout and MVP, I'm going to combine them into one, and it's Josh Allen. Okay. He's a rookie last year. He came to at the end of the season. He's making plays, extending the plays with his legs. Um, Jared said one of the – I think he's one of the best scrambling quarterbacks possibly in the entire league. Especially, um, with his, especially at his size. Yeah. I mean, he's huge. He can hurdle. He can truck. He can do it all. I mean, and it, I feel bad sucking Josh Allen's cock right now, but, man – like he would run over teams last year. He finished with 631 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. He had four games of over 90 rushing he's, yards. He single-handedly almost beat the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, so. and that's that. I remember watching that game and thinking, "Holy shit, this kid's going to be good." So he didn't do very good in the passing game, but I see him honing in a little bit better. He has now has receiving weapons. They got offensive line depth. Um, He's going to reduce his interceptions, but he's the key to their success. He's going to have a much better year, a.k.a. breakout, and he's the key to their team, MVP. I like that. Um, spoiler alert, I also have Josh Allen as my MVP. Um, so we so just want to talk about that. We want to talk about that, but Josh Allen, we, we've already kind of pumped him up. Josh Allen, I have him as the MVP of the Buffalo Bills. My breakout player is not Josh Allen. It is that first signing we talked about, Mitch Morse, the center – um, that came from Kansas City. I mean, the, I, I know it's a Mizzou player. It was like, oh, you're just pumping Mizzou's dick. No, man. I mean, the kid had a great career in Kansas City. He was an, a career. He never he had never played center, really, until he, Kansas City is like, hey, you, you got to play center. You don't play at all. He did it. He stepped up to the plate. Kind of got overshadowed by some of the bigger names on that Kansas City line. Um, but I think he's going to be the leader the centerpiece of this Buffalo Bills offensive line and really form a bond with Josh Allen and kind of, you know, probably form what I think may be one of the better offensive lines 
in this division next to the Patriots. They might even be better than the Patriots. I just see him coming in and got a, got a big contract. It's the second team. Um, he's a good kid. Uh, and I just think that he's going to be a good player, kind of lead the offensive line and, you know, kind of help, help Josh Allen be, kind of take his game to the next level. So Mitch Morse, the center um, out of Missouri and from Kansas City. Yeah, and I, I like that pick a lot. It's going to be good because literally four of their five offensive linemen are new. Yeah. They brought in four of their five offensive linemen, and they're going to be able to learn together, mesh well together, and kind of just be there to, you know, lean on each other. So I like that. Exactly. Uh, going into my bust, um, I'm going with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, to no surprise, he's declining. He is 30 years old. and he's Frank Gore will, will, will outcarry him this year. And that's what I have. He will most likely not get the nod on goal line touches slash touchdowns due to the acquisition of Frank Gore. Frank Gore is better. He's a better veteran than LaShawn McCoy. Yes, LaShawn did have a few really good seasons, but his time is done. They just don't need a wash-up running back when Frank Gore is better and Josh Allen can be the one to scramble to. So, I like that if you're listening and you are thinking about possibly, I don't know what league you're in, keeping LaShawn McCoy in your fantasy team, do not. Perfect <clears throat> block. <laughs> so, there it is, my bust. There you go. I like it. Mine's Cole Beasley. I can see that. I mean, it's simple. Allen's a big-arm guy. You just talked about, we just talked about two big, deep-debt receivers – um, extending the play, and Beasley is a run across the middle, vanilla fucking white guy. He should have signed with the Patriots. Um, he's a short route runner. They signed him for four years, $29 million, way too much. And also going from Dallas to Buffalo, he ain't going to like it. Nope. Not going to fly. Um, so I, just, I don't see Beasley being a, a big piece of this offense. I see him being a bust, especially what they paid for him, four years, $30 million essentially. Just way That's too much crazy. money. Yeah, that's a lot of money for, for Cole Beasley. So yeah, I do like that pick a lot. Um, and then, obviously, both of our MVPs was Josh Allen, and we yep. bumped him up a lot, so we don't need to talk about him. Nope. So we're going to roll right into the over-under on the wins for the year. And if you guys can believe it, it's the same as the Jets. They're at seven. 24th ranked strength of schedule. They got better, more mature. I think they can squeak out eight wins this year. Yep. Yep. They had six, they were they had six last year. They were six and ten. So at worst, money back with seven wins. But I think they squeak out, hit that over with eight. I think they Dolph, go eight. Yeah, and the Dolphins got worse. They get to play them twice. I don't think the Jets really got better. I mean, you can argue that the Patriots aren't as dominant as they were. So maybe the divisions, maybe they can maybe win a couple more games in the division than what they normally do. Maybe I they can squeak out that Patriots win at home. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's the game that the Patriots lose on the road, like I was talking about earlier. Um, I again see like eight, maybe nine. I don't know, um, but definitely over seven. If not, you're gonna get your money back. They're not. They're, they're not losing. They're not losing. They're not. They are not not winning less than seven games. So hammer the over for the Bills this year. Like so. It. With that being said, that is our team-by-team breakdown. Real quick, we're going to wrap it up and talk about the AFC East as a whole. Um, And we have a couple of of questions to talk about. The first one being division winner. We can keep this short, right? I mean, it's the Patriots. There's There's literally no question. If you have a question about this, then you don't watch football. Nope. It's Patriots for sure, 100%. Moving on to the next one. 
Are there any other any teams? Other, yeah. Are there any other are there any other teams in this division that can make the postseason? I think it is very, very, very unlikely. I I'm going to go out on a limb and say absolutely not. Yep. I mean, the AFC West and South is stacked. There's no way that the that that, it's, that there's only two wild card spots. There's no way that a team out of this division is getting getting one of those. Nope. They're just gonna the the teams that I mean they're not the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets aren't awful, terrible teams, but they're just good enough to where they'll beat the shit out of each other and won't stand a chance. Like I said, yep, the Bills are gonna be in second with around seven to eight wins, and that's not gonna be good enough. So. The only, your only team that's going to make it out of this division is going to be the division winner. And a division winner, if I'm wrong, you guys can come back. Hey, Jared, on, on June 19th, you said the Patriots are – Jared Travis, you said the Patriots are win the division. They didn't. Call us out. If they – if nine months from now, if they, don't, if they don't win the division, literally, if you quote this and you tell us that they picture. did – Fucking free T-shirt. If you like, hey, guys, here's this clip where you, where you said that the Patriots won the division and they didn't. Cool, boom, you get a free T-shirt, but they're going to, so mark it down. So that being said, who is the MVP of the AFC East this season? I feel like it's probably the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to go <clears> – I mean, it's it's hard to not go Tom Brady, but I'm not going Tom Brady just because I don't – I think his time of, like, reigning with amazing stats were over. So my MVP is going to go to the best defensive player in this league, and it's Xavier Howard. Shit. On the the team that's going to be in last place. I mean, I'm just going strictly best player in the division. I mean, I feel like he's going to have a lot of interceptions. You could argue that you could have an offensive and defensive MVP just on basically what they bring to the table, but I don't think there's anyone on offense that's really going to dominate in this division. Yeah, I feel you. I went Tom Brady. It's kind of – Kind of vanilla. I don't. You I don't. Know, you could go Tom Brady, but I'm just not going to. Yeah, I just don't think there's anyone in this division that's going to be able to put up like like we said, not not necessarily the numbers, but just like the the mo- like you take Tom Brady off the Patriots, like who are the Patriots? Like to me, I've always been the guy that's like most valuable player means you take that player off that team, who the fuck are they? And- yeah, and I mean. I- you, I, w- I would say that as well, but I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go with someone who's like actually really, really good that doesn't deserve the or doesn't get the credit they deserve. I get you. Yeah, no, Xavier Howard is definitely way underrated. Like, I bet you half the people, half the fans in the league don't even know who the fuck that is. Um, and it's a sad shame because three years from now, it's going to fucking matter when the Dolphins are winning the division. Yeah, um, when Tom Brady's long gone. Um, anyway, I want Tom Brady. So now we're going to go to Rookie of the Year. Um, for the AFC East, I feel like it's a it's it, it's a two pony race. It is. It's Quentin Williams, Red Oliver. Yep. And I have Quentin Williams. Same. So yeah, I mean, fairly easy. Yeah, high tackles. I mean, the dude can pass rush. He can he can stop the run. High tackles plus high sacks equals fucking money in your pocket. Um, so Quentin Williams is our rookie of the year out of the AFC East. And last but not least, our breakout player out of the entire division. We named on each team. I feel like we probably went the same the same person here too. You think so? Yeah. I want Josh Allen. Yeah, I did not. Really? No, I uh I went with Sony Michelle. Okay. Yeah, I see that too. He's though. gonna 
I feel like Tom Brady's at the point where he's going to play like good role player, and then Sony Michelle is going to come out with the with the huge games, and that's where he's going to earn his earn his light in this division. So, I, but see I like that. the Josh Allen pick. I really do like that. I just wanted to switch it up and go Sony Michelle. Yeah, I just really think that the Bills, like whenever they drafted Josh Allen, I laughed, but after watching him play, I really think that I really think they got a good one. Yeah, and I know that the Dolphins aren't going to be good this year, so if there's anyone that could compete with the Patriots, I would rather it be the Bills and the Jets. Yeah, fuck the Jets. Fuck Adam Gase. Fuck the whole regime. Um, so that is our AFC East preview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to kind of follow the same format for every single division from here on out. Next week, I believe we're doing the AFC North. Um, we'll also probably touch on the NBA draft a bit because that is this upcoming Thursday. Um, I mean, Zion's going to the Pelicans. Whoop you fucking do. Now that AD's not there, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But next week we'll do the AFC North and then touch on the probably NBA draft and anything else big that happens over the weekend. But that's kind of the, the schedule we'll follow. Um, we'll probably do a big UFC episode before the next bout because it's a huge one. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to start giving you some slew of football content because I don't know if y'all are ready, but I'm fucking ready for it. Yeah. And now that we're back and we're here and we're finally coming with weekly podcasts and shit, our expenses are maybe a little bit down. We're, we're going to stick to our promise and our word, and we're going to come out with our merch. And the very first person that gets a T-shirt is our NHL uh, playoff bracket winner, Brett Hamilton, won his T-shirt with the Blues winning it. That was the only reason – that's the only way he won. Which and we are happy humble. to give it to him. Yeah, I'm happy to give it to him. It was fucking insane. I just want to touch on the Blues one last time and just say that it was one of the most phenomenal thing, phenomenal stories in sports. Like there will literally be probably documentaries and movies made about this team because it was just insane what they did. It was a ride. Um, I go back. I forget what episode it is, but talk. We, me and Jared talked about the NHL contenders. And literally in the episode, we're talking about if the Blues are going to make the playoffs because we were, we were on a decent win streak at that time. And Jared said, yeah, knowing me, I'll be in my honeymoon in St. Lucia and the Blues will be in the Stanley Cup. And I literally say, on quote, yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that. And we switch topics. So, But I did, though, and that's the thing. It was awesome, um, and it was a great run. And, uh, yeah, so merch coming soon. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Two Drunk Brothers. Um, Trav is going to be out of town this weekend at a music festival in Delaware, a well-deserved vacation from work because he helped fill in for me while I was gone. Um, I will try to do my best at tweeting some stuff out, maybe do some stuff <laughs> Insta, um, but there's not a hell of a lot going on this weekend. Yeah, so we may be MIA this weekend, but we're going to give you this to tie you over for the week. We are back weekly, and we will see you guys next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.